that got me going. I don't know about you, but welcome here. My name is Pastor Jeremy. If you're just tuning in or joining us live online or at home in a tree, wherever you might be, welcome here. We are delighted you're here to worship with us. Um, what we're doing right now in our church is we are working our way through our vision and mission. We're rolling this out and explaining it in a little bit of detail because the words in that statement are not just cliches or bumper stickers, but instead there are things we really want you to take to heart. We believe that they are biblical, they are theological, they are orthodox, they're profound, they're historical. It's not just words that are randomly selected, but instead things that we believe we as a board were led by the Holy Spirit with the input of the people to set forth as the mission and vision for the future of Midland Free. And so we're excited about it, and we want to walk you through it uh, a little bit more this morning. So let me refresh your memory of what our vision is. But first, I need to pray just because I need to pray, and I hope you'll join with me, and then we'll look a little bit more at what the Lord has to say this morning. Um, Father, we thank you for today, Lord. And before I just start going super fast, I want to stop and say thanks. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your people. Thank you for your church. Thank you for your provision, Lord. Um, it, it's a different time in our lives, and we are in great need of your spiritual provision, of your emotional provision, of your physical provision, of your financial provision, Lord, even as a church, as we look at the economy and uncertainty and unemployment and other stuff that we don't like to think about. We know that it impacts everyone and even your church. And so we pray that you would uh, give us the faith to see this through and follow you and trust you for all good things. In Jesus' name, amen. So the vision that we have spelled out and we continue to walk through, the high level, the aspirational future, the target, the thing we're shooting for is this. At Midland Free, we aspire to be a gospel-centered family where everyone we encounter moves closer to Jesus every day. We aspire to be a gospel-centered family because without the gospel, there is no such thing as the church family, but it is the blood of Christ that he shed on the cross on behalf of us and for our sins and redemption that makes us one, that adopts us and brings us in. Without the gospel, nothing. If Jesus Christ is not risen from the dead, then what hope is there? But because of Christ, because of his death, burial, ascension, resurrection, and future return. Because of that good news, we know his kingdom has come and will come and will never end, that he is, in fact, the only king forever. That is the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. And we want that to be the center because there's nothing else. That drives everything. We can't force it. We can't accomplish it. We can't make it. Only Christ. The good news, the gospel, the victory of Jesus. We want to be that gospel-centered family because that's all there is. But in that family, we want to move closer to Jesus every single day. We want to move closer in some way. And the way in which we do that, then bringing that big picture down, the next level, the next step, is our mission. And it says that we will enjoy, that is treasure, we will treasure, enjoy, and glorify God. Embrace His Word, what we do every Sunday and hopefully throughout the week. And engage the world. Now you may think, okay, Pastor Jeremy, you've done enjoy and glorify God. And you've done embrace the word. That was last week. 
So this week, it must necessarily be engage the world. No, not this week. That's next week, and it'll actually be a lot of fun because it's not just me. Um, When my uh, kiddos were here in the first service, I assured them that next week will be one of the shortest sermons ever. And they were like, yes, come on. But next week will be a short sermon because our missions team will be here And they will be explaining to you their vision and how the Lord brought that into alignment with our new vision. Some of the cool things they're doing, for example, with the Sean People Group in Thailand. And how we've historically partnered with Sean and Lindsay Mahawan. And it's really cool to see what God's doing there and bringing together. And so we're going to invite you to be a part of that. We're going to work towards a big gift of a new vehicle to bring more and more people um, to their ministry center there. And help facilitate what's going on there. So we'll give you a chance to participate in international missions next week by simply contributing. So start thinking about that. It won't just be next week and end if you want to plan and budget. There'll be a couple more weeks on the other end. But start thinking about that in advance. But this week, since uh, we're still going through the mission and vision, I'm going to move into the next and final piece which is the welcome, plug in, and reach out. Specifically, what all of us will do right here in Midland, Michigan, to welcome, plug in, and reach out. So today's sermon is going to move in those three steps. That'll be the structure for today's outline. We want to welcome, plug in, and reach out, and we'll actually find those very words, well, not the plug in piece, they didn't have that back then, but close, in Romans 15. So if you have your Bibles, I'd invite you to turn there to the 15th chapter of the book of Romans. Romans 15, where we will see our mission and vision written all over this text. And I'll pull out the pieces that I think really help us to make it pop. 15th chapter of the Apostle Paul's letter to the church in Rome. Romans chapter 15. It says this in verse 1. We who are strong have an obligation to bear with the failings of the weak and not please ourselves. Let each of us please his neighbor for his good to build him up. For Christ did not please himself, but as it is written in Psalm 69, the reproaches of those who reproached you fell on me. For whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction. Here's the purpose of the scriptures, so that... What was written was through endurance and encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. Now, may the God of the scriptures, or the same thing, endurance and encouragement, grant you to live in such harmony with one another, wouldn't this be great, in accordance with Jesus Christ, that together you may, with one voice, glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you, For the glory of God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I hope you picked up on some of those terms like glorify God and together and all those other things. There's a huge sense in which our mission and vision is just floating off the page in this passage. But I am going to walk it through the welcome and plug in and reach out piece. And basically the way I would... The way my mind works and would direct yours to think about it this morning is sort of like the front door to the inside to the way out. 
Like full circle. If you're coming to Midland Free, first part is welcome, next part is plug in. And then after you've welcomed people, you've been here, you've plugged in, you've engaged, you go and reach out. So welcome, plug in, reach out from the front door to the back. Now let me um, walk you through a couple terms here um, that are particularly significant to our culture because I think when you hear them, when I hear them, when we hear them, we have certain associations with them that the writer was not intending. So I want to deconstruct that a little and build it back the right way I think the Holy Spirit is wanting us to hear it, and that's this. The words that it begins with is, we who are strong have an obligation to bear with the failings of the weak. So when you hear the word strong, kiddos, if you're here, are there any kiddos here? Show me what it looks like to be strong. Show me, physically show me what strong look like. There we go. I like that. Nice. You have big muscles. Strong, we think of as Americans, as North Americans, people in our cultures are strong, right? And weak are, you know, broken, decrepit, you know, people who have blah, blah, blah. We think of it in that way. And in fact, even if you don't think of it physically that way, you may think of it in a lot of other ways. Our culture is one that glorifies beauty and wealth and strength, and it marginalizes those people who aren't gifted in those ways. That's what we do. We even say things like your net worth. What are you worth? What do you mean? Well, what's your portfolio tell you you're worth? That's my worth? Well, that's your net worth. And that's what we communicate, that the value of an individual human being is based on their ability or their possessions or their appearance or whatever else. And most of us, when we hear these terms, then we sort of shake our heads and say, man, net worth is not that great. You know, we, we pay certain occupations because we think they're more valuable and others because they're less. And then we start to feel bad about ourselves. And is the Bible contributing to that? Is that what they're saying? The answer, of course, is absolutely not. If you're a student of the Bible, you know that all human beings are made in the image of God regardless of age or ability or net worth or anything else that all reflect the beauty and glory of God. So this is not a value judgment. Instead, what it is, is it's just a a communication piece that basically, in our language, maybe a better translation is able and unable. Why do I say that? Not necessarily strong and weak, but able and unable. Because in the original language, the Greek word here is the same word... And I'll make sure I say it right in its current conjugation. It is dunatoi and adunatoi. Dunatoi and adunatoi. Dunatoi and adunatoi. What's the difference? Ah, exactly right. You know what that is? Well, let me give you one in English. Moral and amoral. Moral and amoral. You know the difference. One has morals, the other doesn't. One is ethical and good, and the other is unethical and bad. One is in possession of something and the other isn't. It's an alpha privative. It just negates whatever comes after it. And so here in this text, all it's saying is there are those who have this, have ability and those who don't. It's not saying one is more valuable, one is less valuable or anything else. It has nothing to do with value whatsoever. In fact, let me show you um, in just a minute, 1 Corinthians 4, 7. And, And the point is this. Let me, before I go there, let me just explain it a little bit like this. Let's say, for example, 
you look at a professional athlete or a professional anything that makes a ton of money, but I'll just use an athlete, right? You know, poor athletes, they had to go on unemployment for a little bit, right? <laughs> just kidding. Um, these poor athletes. They make bazillions of dollars, right? They make a lot of money. Um, and it's possible with their enormous net worth and their physique and their ability that they be, could just possibly begin to take pride in and of themselves. Like, hey, I'm the bad stuff. I'm the biggest. I'm the baddest. Whatever. And it's true. Let's not take away from them the fact that they've been extremely disciplined their whole life. They probably have incredibly difficult workout routines. They probably measure their calories down to the whatever. I mean, there's a lot of discipline going on there that I'm not doing. I'll just be honest. So props for that, okay? I'm not there. But you don't get to be 6'8 and 300 pounds just on a whim. That's called your mama and your daddy. There's some DNA going on here. I mean, it's true to get to the highest levels, you have to have incredible amounts of discipline. But for some of these sports or some of these positions, you just have to have this amazing physique that came from God. It didn't come from you. And the same is true with people who are extremely intelligent or gifted. It's true that you have to study hard, kids, and you have to do your homework, and you have to go to school and listen to your teachers. But even if you're the best student in the world, it won't necessarily make you the smartest person in the world. That's something you get from God. All of our abilities ultimately can be traced back to a single source. And if that is the case, then 1 Corinthians tells us, if you're strong, why would you see anything different in you? For what do you have that you did not receive? And if then you received it, why do you boast as though you didn't? It came from somewhere. True, you have some sense of responsibility and discipline, yada, yada. But at the end of the day, your ability comes from somewhere else. Even if you're smart, your brain, DNA, that came from somewhere other than you. So there's nothing to boast about then if you are the strong. Similarly, there's nothing bad to feel if you are the weak. Look at first, uh, look at um, Romans 8.1. Romans 8.1. Romans 8.1 says this on your screen. It'll say, therefore, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. If, if you're someone who's not a 6'8", super athlete, whatever, no big deal. There is no condemnation. If you're in Christ, it doesn't matter. You are made in the image of God. And so how does this work, Pastor Jeremy? Well, what happens is in this text, I'm going to show Romans 15.7 now. You're doing a great job, Martin. Thank you. Romans 15.7. It says, therefore, welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God. Why would the apostle have to say that? Because it's hard. Because we're all so different. Because there's some of us who, like, have certain abilities in one area and complete weaknesses in another and vice versa. And it's all over the map. We have young and old, rich and poor. We have skilled labor and unskilled labor. We have every different kind of person imaginable within this body we call the church. And if we think in the way that our culture does, we're going to judge and devalue our brothers and sisters in Christ. But this text is telling us to do something different. It's saying regardless of where you're at on this chain of abilities, welcome each and every single one. It's not a measurement of your value, but it's part of being the body of Christ. My daughter 
she did a puzzle yesterday. And so this kind of reminded me of that a little bit. Now, if you look at a puzzle, there's a lot of different pieces, right? And each of those pieces probably has a, a pokey spot or something that goes out and a little hole or a divot for somewhere for something to go in. Now, let's say one puzzle piece has three holes and another only has one. Does that make the one with three holes less important to the puzzle than the one with one? No, of course not. You need all the puzzles for it to work. And the point is, is those holes are there so that the other pieces can fill them in. That's the deal with gifts in the New Testament. God gives the strong gifts for the purpose of helping those who have a hole, a dunatoy, who are without that ability. And so if you are one who does not have that ability, that's actually a gift to you. If you are lacking it in some area, your lack is a gift that you can give to somebody else for the purpose of helping them use their gift. It's like if somebody has a hammer, but there's nothing to build with it. How will they ever be fulfilled? What am I going to do with this? Nothing. But if there is something to construct, if there is something to build up, then that hammer can be put to use. If you are the nail, then say, hit me, you know, give it to me. Be honest about the fact that you need help. Be open, be transparent, and come to the understanding that this thing is just with and without. It's not saying better and worse, but it's just saying that God specifically did this. He arranged these pieces on purpose. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 18. If we, the church, are a puzzle, God is the designer of that puzzle. And as it is, he arranged the members of the body, each one as he chose. So he purposely chose for some of us not to have certain things so that others could fill it in. And that brings him glory. When we admit the fact that we're weak and we lack, then others can fill it in and it makes God happy. That's why he did that. He purposely chose for us to fit together just like this. So when we come to this text and we begin to see we who are weak and we who are strong, don't read it with the lenses of American culture, but read it with the biblical view towards God arranging his body just the way he chose to do so. So number one, the first first thing that we're saying is to welcome. Now again, when we hear that word, welcome, we think greeters at the front door. Welcome, oh wait, fist bump, welcome, you know, Come on in. You're welcome here. But it's so much more. As we've explained here, welcome is not just saying hello and smiling, but welcoming other people into your life, that input. So, for example, you're struggling with something. You're going to be open and transparent about it, and somebody offers to help. If you're all of a sudden like, no, no, it's okay. I got it. No need. It's all good. That's not very welcoming. They just offered of themselves, and you rejected that. That's not welcoming. Welcoming is, okay, it's a little embarrassing to kind of admit this, but I could really use some help because I'm not very good at it. 
I have no idea what I'm doing, and if I try, I'm probably going to bung it up and have to pay somebody else. Can you help? Yes, we'd love to help. We're good at this, and we would be happy to contribute. We can't contribute in other ways because we don't know how to do that, but in that way, we can contribute. That's the body of Christ. You're saying, I'm open, I'm willing, and if you offer, I'm going to humble myself and welcome that help. So too, with spiritual advice or input. You know, it's hard to receive people speaking into your life. By the way, did you know you signed up for that? When you joined the church, you signed up for that. That's part of the, one of the reasons we emphasize church membership is because if, for example, you, God forbid, stray outside the normal path of what we believe is chasing Jesus, then you have in advance given us permission to speak into your life by joining the membership of Midland Free. You sign on to a covenant that says you will pursue holiness and sound doctrine and unity. And when you start to go away from that, we say, hey, hey, hold on, hold on. Wrong way. Come back over here, please. Let's stay. This is the way we're going. You have given the church permission to authoritatively speak into your life submitting to the leadership that God has sovereignly chosen for you. And therefore, if a church leader or fellow brother or sister in Christ comes to you and says, hey man, I really care about you and it's super hard for me and I don't really want to do it, but can we talk? Then guess what? You're supposed to welcome that. You're supposed to welcome that as something for your good, for your edification and building up. Welcome is a big word. It's not so shallow as just, hi. It is more like, no, no, no. We are going to reach out on purpose. Be humble, transparent, open. We are going to allow someone else to speak into our life. We are going to welcome someone else to fill that hole and gap that exists in us. We will welcome that. So welcome one another. I've spent a lot of time on this. Won't spend as much on the next few. But I think it's important to see here what that means. In simple terms, Children, everybody else, be kind. Extend grace. Give them a second shot. If they miss your name, smile and tell them again. Admit your weaknesses. Look, this is the way God has designed the body of Christ. I have someone in one of my close circles that says, there's a person with a yes face. What does that mean? What do they mean by that? What they mean is, there's just something about them. You can tell. It's hard to explain, but you know you could go to them. That they would be open, that they would be welcoming, they would be transparent, they would receive you, and you would feel comfortable. There's other people that don't have that. And I'm not saying you need to change your personality or one's better than another, but you can be, um, by appearances, kind of scary, but still be welcoming to people. Number one, welcome. Number one, welcome. Be kind, extend grace, be open, and receive help. Now, number two is plug in, plug in. This is the next step as you are um, engaging with the body of Christ, plugging in. The short of it is this. Basically, all, not all, not all, all is too much. A lot of our growth or improvement happens in community. Like when we see things that we admire, we want to be like that. When things rub us wrong, 
we realize we got stuff we need to work on. We benefit from other people. And indeed, other people are complex and other people are challenging. This is why in this text, the apostle has to encourage them. Welcome, because the church is diverse and it's not easy to get along. Let's be honest. Look at the New Testament letters. You got stuff written to husbands and wives. Why? Because it's hard to be a husband and wife sometimes. Saw someone in the first service going. There's stuff written in there to servants and masters. Why? Because it's hard to be a good employee and work for a boss, even if they don't see things the way you do. It's hard. There's stuff written in there to children and parents. Why? Yep, there's a few elbows going right now. It's hard to be a kiddo and follow your mom and dad when they're not perfect. Let me just tell you something, kids. I'm glad you're here today. Mom and dad aren't perfect. We're going to mess up. We're going to miss it. You need to look to Jesus and your Heavenly Father to make sure because he's the only one who gets it right all the time. And mom and dad are people just like you. We're going to try, but we're going to mess it up. So... It's hard. So the apostle tells us, look, each one of us, this is now a different apostle. Let's go to 1 Peter 4.10. Each one of us has received a gift. Use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Whoever speaks is one who speaks the oracles of God, but that's not all there is. Whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies. In order that in everything, here's embrace and joy and glorify God. God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To him belong the glory and dominion forever and ever. It's important to plug in. You may be the peace that I need. There's a hole there and I need you to fill it. There's other holes here and we need you to fill it. Plug in. 15.2 of Romans says, let each of us please his neighbor for, here's the purpose to build them up. What good is there? What good is a hammer if there's nothing to bang on? Now, let me give another analogy. This is for the kiddos in here. How many of you like superheroes? Anybody like the superhero stuff? Okay, sorry. You can be adults and raise your hand too. My bad. Go ahead. Go ahead. Participate. My mistake. Um, here's the thing. I, I'm not big into superheroes, but I kind of get it. Like, there's a bad guy. And there's a good guy, and they're going to fight, and the good guy's going to win. <laughs> Is that it? I mean, basically? Well, kind. I know. I'm missing something there. But look, the bad guy is super powerful, but the good guy might be just a little more powerful, and eventually at the end of the movie, they're going to overcome. But the bad guy uses his power or her power to benefit themselves. That's why they're bad. The good guy uses their power to help other people. That's why they're good. It's not that complex. That's what Scripture is saying here. Look, if you are strong, if you have something, use it to benefit someone else. If you only use it to benefit yourself, what does that make you? The bad guy. You don't want to be the bad guy. You want to be the good guy. Use your strength to benefit others. To Build them up, not tear down. It's really easy. It's really easy to tear down because if you have this strength and others don't, sometimes their weakness is a bit annoying. Like, man, why don't you pull your load, pull your weight? 
But actually, that's the exact opposite of what Scripture says. It says the strong are going to carry more than their fair share. If you want to be strong, know that you're signing up to carry more than your fair share. The Greek word here is actually that of a mule under burden or load. In other words, God sees us strong, whoever you might be, as a bunch of pack mules. Gear up, get ready. You get to carry extra because the other people aren't strong enough to carry it. So you get to help carry their burden. That's what you do. Whether you're a mom or a dad or a friend or a spouse or whatever else, you get to help to build them up and carry their load. So number one is welcome. Number two is plug in. And number three, reach out. Number three, reach out. Um, Philippians 2.4 says it like this. It says, let each of you look not only to his own interest, but also the interest of others. Now, we've had a number of questions come up around this. They're like, okay, so reach out. Uh, Does that mean like local evangelism? Are we talking global missions here? Which one is that? My answer? Yes. (laughs) Exactly right. That's what we're talking about. Yes. The answer is yes. And it just so happens, as you read this verse, look not only to your interest, but also the interest of others, that it pretty much covers everything. If they don't know Jesus, guess what their greatest need is? Jesus. But maybe they know Jesus, or they've heard of him, and they don't have clean drinking water. Then guess what their greatest need is? (laughs) Some drinking water. This is acts of mercy and compassion and evangelism and local outreach and global outreach all rolled up into one. One of the missions consultants that we talked to, he said something brilliant. I love what he said. They were talking about how to achieve synergies between our local outreach and our global outreach. And he said, look, if you're looking for people to be missionaries, you got to look at the people who are active missionaries where they're at right now. The people who are involved in service and sharing their faith and reaching out to their community, that's the ones that you want in your missions program. Don't expect to recruit someone who's doing nothing here and send them to a completely other place and all of a sudden start sharing their faith. That won't happen. Look at the people who are actively engaged right now and those are the ones you should be um, proactively recruiting for your missions program. Oh, that's good. Makes sense. The answer is yes. We say reach out, we mean yes. And next week you'll hear more in Acts chapter 1, verse 6. It's one of the great commissions. There's more than one. But in this one, Jesus is talking to his disciples and he says, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. That's how it works, in my mind at least, these concentric circles. If you ever went to my office, you'd see three different maps on the wall trying to represent that. There's our Judea or Jerusalem and Midland City and Midland County proper. And then there's Judea and Samaria and the ends of the earth. And that's the way the gospel is supposed to move. From those people with whom you have the most influence, don't forget them, don't overlook them. They are significant, even if they're potty training. Share the gospel. All the way to the ends of the earth. Well, how can I do the ends of the earth? I can't travel, I got toddlers. Come back next week. We will show you how to be part 
of our missions program to the ends of the earth. But right now, what we're saying is this. Welcome, plug in, reach out. If you're part of Midland Free, we want this to become part of your DNA. It's what you do. Welcome, not just saying hi to people, but welcoming the body of Christ to fill in the gaps where we're weak and they're strong, to plug in and use those gifts, and then to reach out to the rest of our community and beyond. But one little caveat I need to make before I close, and we're getting really close, is this. Right before that, there's a little phrase, welcome, plug in, reach out. What's the little phrase? Can we show our uh, mission again? What's the little phrase right before welcome, plug in, and reach out? What is it? Be led by the Spirit. Absolutely. It's absolutely essential. We can't forget that. Like, None of our efforts will matter whatsoever if we're not empowered by the Holy Spirit. Complete waste of time. Then it's just us doing our own thing and nothing's going to happen. But if you pray the single tiniest little itty bitty prayer and it is directed by the Holy Spirit, that is the most powerful thing you can do. Because the power of the Holy Spirit is bigger than any superhero you can imagine and he can change the world. We absolutely must be led by the Spirit. And what that means is this. For example, talk about evangelism. You see someone sitting there. Should I say something or should I not? What does the Holy Spirit say to you? I went fishing with a guy once, a couple guys. It was pretty funny. One of my friends was like really assertive and really like just strong spoken. There's someone sitting on the other side of the dock. He walks over there. He's like, do you believe in God? It's <laughs> a good start. I hope we can see how this is going to go. Guy's like, uh, yeah, like the man upstairs. Uh, yeah. And then this other guy goes, well, I believe in the one true God. <laughs> like, oh, man. Starting strong. I hope this works. And I don't know. Maybe it did. Maybe that guy got saved later. I have no idea. But I might have started with a little slow pitch, you know, like, catching anything? <laughs> How's it going? <laughs> What you using, you know? I don't know. But how do we know we ask the Holy Spirit and see what he is saying? And you need to ask yourself the question, can I hear him right now? What is my motivation? Is it just another notch in my Christian belt to say I witnessed five times this week to my accountability partner? Or am I really going after this person's good? If in my heart I feel the stirring of the Holy Spirit and I know that Jesus is leading me to this person and I am doing it for their benefit, not mine. Mine would be fear and avoidance, but theirs is value. If I'm moving in that direction, then we're in the right spot. Well, how do I know if I should be a missionary, Pastor Jeremy? Well, how has God designed you? What are your gifts? Where do you fit in that puzzle? What is going on in your life right now? How is your career shaping up? How is your family functioning? Does that match what you are feeling? Does it match with God's word? Is it aligned? Or would you have to neglect certain responsibilities to do something else? If so, it's probably not from the Holy Spirit. But if not, if things are shaping up and you feel his leading, then all of a sudden you have some direction. You see, you have to be led by the Holy Spirit. Don't just go out there and do whatever on your own. None of us are Superman. But we do have a superpower. And that's the Holy Spirit.
better than any superpower is the power that raised Jesus from the dead. From the front to the back. Welcome, plug in, reach out. We all need encouragement. We all need power. We all need to endure. There's only one way to do it, and that's together through his word. Look at Romans one more time as we close. Verse 4 says this. Here's a blessing for you today. A benediction. This is what will happen if we do this. For the scriptures, whatever was written in former days, that's the Bible, was written for our instruction. You know, embrace it. That through endurance and through the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. And then may the God of endurance and encouragement grant to you to live in such harmony with one another in accord with Christ Jesus that together as a gospel-centered family, you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you to the glory of God. Father, we thank you and praise you for your perfect word. Thank you for your people and the work you're doing in us. We fully admit that we are anything but perfect. We have a long way to go. But in our aspirations to become more like Jesus every day, we pray that you would help us to welcome, plug in, and reach out. Lord, I know just like any family, the church family has its issues. We got problems but I pray that you would help. We would love and accept one another, that we'd be welcoming, that we would engage, we would reach out. Lord, may whatever we do bring honor and glory to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.